I'm Representative Liz Olson. I'm Representative Jamie Long. And we're the co-hosts of the Minnesota Values Podcast. Every week, Liz and I bring you real stories from real Minnesotans about the values that inspire action at our state capitol and in our communities. Listen anywhere podcasts are available. Well, greetings, podcast listeners. Welcome back. It's Representative Liz Olson here with my friend, Representative Jamie Long, the co-host of the Minnesota Values Podcast. Hey, Liz. How you been? It's so good to see you, even virtually, and talk together about our shared values and our priorities for the session. So welcome back, Jamie. Well, it's good to be back. You're, you're up in Duluth, right? I'm in Duluth, and you're in sunny South Minneapolis. I'm I'm in the at the Capitol today, oh. but uh, yeah, bouncing back and forth. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad that we're back for season three. Season three, here we go. So, podcast listeners, we're glad to have you along again. And we heard loud and clear that you wanted a new episode, so we are happy to be bringing that to you today. So, just a recap for any new listeners out there: that we started the Minnesota Values Podcast back in 2019 as a way to share what was happening at the Capitol, but connect it to Minnesotan stories about why the policy that we try to work on and the budgets we put together really are tied to the values that unite us as Minnesotans. And so we wanted to make that a transferable thing where you could get a little bit of the tidbits about what's happening at the Capitol by talking to bill authors and chairs, but also get a chance to really hear why this matters to Minnesotans and get a chance to follow along and really feel connected to the work that we are doing at the Capitol. So we're really glad to have you here. So remember to subscribe and share because we're going to have another wonderful season of the Minnesota Values podcast. And I'm very excited for our very first house file for this session. We have Chair Noor, who is also the author of House File One. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Representative Olson. Thank you for having me. And I'm honored to join you this uh, afternoon uh, to talk about House by One. Wonderful. Do you want to tell the listeners where, what district you represent? I represent District 60B, that is in Minneapolis, uh, the neighborhood surrounding uh, University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. So uh, I can keep on saying all the neighborhoods in my district, but I just wanted to say it's every neighborhood around the University of Minnesota and I'm honored to represent them at the Capitol. Awesome, well, we're glad to have you here and I'm sure glad that you're their representative too. We were lucky to have you as part of our caucus. So um, yeah, so let's get started with talking about House File One. So this bill I think is really of the, the DFL's first priorities. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about obviously the big crisis that we're facing now, which is COVID-19 and the threats that continue to be facing our families and communities and trying as a caucus to help help Minnesotans build back better, ensure they have better economic security after this crisis than they did before. And that's that's really what House File 1 seems to be about, right, is this economic security piece. Can you talk a little bit about some of the components of the bill? Uh, thank you, Representative Long. I think this bill addresses the core issues we're all faced with. Uh, many of our communities throughout the state are struggling to make ends meet. So this bill takes care of people's needs in housing insecurity, food insecurity, and also helping those who need the most, 
We want to make sure that we do have a thriving state by ensuring housing availability, uh, making sure that we do have food at the table through uh, providing access to uh, food support programs. At the same time, also ensuring that there's a broadband access to all the kids who are learning from home and also for those who are working from home. And finally, making sure that we provide one-time access to those recipients who are receiving MFIP, uh, which is the Minnesota Family Investment Program. Uh, those are families that have been impacted the most by the pandemic. And we wanna ensure that we have a process to support each and every family so that we can all thrive. Well, and I think Representative Noor, you really hit a good point that we didn't maybe cover on the outset here, but a lot of the focus of the start of our 2021 session really has been about who's been left behind in the pandemic and that we really wanted to set, set ourselves up for saying that the needs didn't go away when the calendar page flipped, that we had to do negotiations with the Senate and oftentimes a lot of things got left behind. People needed housing, people needed food. You were a huge champion of that in the last special sessions constantly talking about that. And unfortunately that's still unfinished and those needs didn't go away. So I think your bill and carrying this forward, I mean, that's top of mind for everybody. Um, it's still just kind of that living day to day. And so House File 1 is a part of our five bill package that really was the unmet needs of COVID-19 and what we need to do before we can even talk about setting a state budget that's fair and equitable for all Minnesotans. So I think you really highlight well and have brought that to the table for a while now. And quite frankly, we have to look into the housing issue as number one priority. We know that the uh, eviction moratorium will come to an end once the peacetime emergency ends. That's 60 days after the emergency uh, ends in the state of Minnesota. Uh, we know that many families have not had a chance to go back to work. Uh, some of them have been hit hard by COVID-19. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their loved ones. And knowing that we are there to take care of everyone who has got a need, we want to make sure that we put some protection for those who are renters. We want to make sure that we don't get more people to be homeless. Uh, there are many people who are struggling uh, paying for their mortgage. We want to ensure that there is a support for them. Uh, not only talking about addressing the moratorium, we're putting forward resources. I know the federal government allocated uh, almost close to three, $375 million to the state of Minnesota uh, for housing. And we want to ensure that we provide that support. Uh, to the landlords uh, who are also struggling in the process, but also taking care of the tenants so they can pay for their rent. Uh, that means that the uh, mortgage industry that was left out through the federal program uh, to ensure that we can ask the federal support, but it's also upon us as a state to ensure that we can help those who are struggling to pay their mortgages, uh, that we can prevent foreclosure in the future. That's a need I think everybody can understand and everybody can relate to. I have got some individuals who have been laid off and the unemployment benefits of their earning cannot pay for their rent and put food at the table. So this is an assistance uh, that is much needed at this time and ensuring that uh, we have the support that individuals are asking. That's one component of the bill in House File 1. And we've seen that with the economic recovery, it hasn't been evenly distributed. I've, I've heard it described as a K-shaped recovery where those who are well off or were well off before are doing even better. The, the folks who rely on the stock market for income are doing just fine. But those who were in lower income uh, areas of employment 
are doing worse than they, they were when they started. And those jobs really haven't recovered. Uh, and you're, you're the new chair of the Workforce and Business Development Committee. I'm wondering if there's a, a story that stood out to you from your work with the committee or your work on the bill um, about those, those folks who are getting left behind and how this bill could help. Absolutely. You've just uh, discussed about the K-SHIP uh, recovery. Uh, we know that hospitality industry was hit very hard. And some of them may not even recover, meaning that they cannot go back to work as they used to. And quite frankly, those individuals are some of them who increase the number of MFI participants. Uh, almost 3,000 new individuals have applied, new families have applied for MFIP, which means their struggle uh, based on their income, they've already used all their unemployment benefits. Uh, that's why we took care of the extension that we did at the state level. So they've applied for MFIP as, uh, as a way of taking care of their young children. And this is a moment for us to say, uh, we appreciate the work you've been doing. And by giving them a one-time $500 assistance, we'll be able to help them so that they can get back on their feet. So I've seen families who have called and saying, I don't have enough saved for my unemployment benefit and I cannot find work. And that means that we have to find other ways. Our safety net truly helps those who are in need. And this is a moment of need and we have to be able to support those families who are asking us for support. So especially helping them uh, with their housing, uh, with their cash needs that they have, because any program that we have, you have to depend on someone helping you with resources, including the food insecurity that they're facing, uh, making sure that we can help them through their local uh, programs that exist to address the hunger issues in our state. Uh, as you are aware of, as I've said uh, previously, one in eight Minnesotans suffers from food hunger. One in five uh, you know, children uh, suffer from hunger. So we have to be able to close those gaps. We cannot be sleeping uh, at home knowing that there are many uh, of our constituents, many of our communities in our state uh, are suffering from challenges at this time. And that's a really, I think you, you said that well, and you have been a champion of the Minnesota Family Investment Program, the MFIB program you spoke of for a while. And in the last budget go around for MVP listeners who've been around a while, remember um, us talking about a number of things and it may not have been in our top 10, but the, the MFIB, the Minnesota Family Investment Program got its first increase since 1986. Families had gone since 1986 without getting an increase, and it was $100 a month. So what you are fighting for, you know, Chair Noor, is, is a big deal. I mean, to see families who are living on the margins already, and I think one of the reasons we were able to get that compromise with the Senate is because we centered the voice of Minnesotans, you know, throughout. There were so many powerful stories and committees and on the floor that were told that really did, you know, that centered the voice of people. And I sit on your committee, which has been really fun. And one of the things you do such a good job at is talking about workers. You are one of, I think, the biggest champions in our caucus around making sure that we're not just talking about businesses. We're not just talking about, you know, whatever it is in the economy. You're always talking about workers. And I'm wondering if there's a reason for you why that matters so much to center the voice of workers why that has been such an important focus for you and, and you really do bring that to the table so well. I think the great, greatest asset we have in our state is the, the human asset. You know, individuals who are willing to wake up every single day 
uh, to go to work and to put food at the table and to be able to afford to pay their rent. So ensuring that individuals who are, who are struggling every day to meet their needs should not be forgotten. So the workers are actually um, addressing the bread and butter issues of their families. Uh, we need to value the work that they do. Uh, they do a lot of work and most of them are right now on the front lines in many of the industries from healthcare to hospitality industry to grocery workers, uh, to those who are in construction industry, all of them have been hit hard by the COVID-19. In fact, if, if we keep talking about the economy, if you don't have workers, you don't have an economy. The K-shaped recovery when everybody on the top uh, receiving more resources, but then the bottom section, you know, in terms of the recovery piece, in terms of PPP programs and everything as we talk about businesses or even one-time support that we've been doing, we cannot forget those who put the work down to make sure that we are continue to function as a state, uh, as a society, to ensure that uh, we don't forget about those needs. In fact, uh, I look at my district and those who are lowest earning uh, individuals who will, uh, you know, put their life in, in, in terms of uh, sacrificing to address the needs we have on the front lines. We cannot forget them. I know we, we were talking about hazard pay at the federal level. Some of those things never came to fruition. Uh, we need to keep on fighting uh, for everyone. And we cannot forget those who are on the sidelines when we make decisions, they're not coming to us to advocate for their issues. Those are the individuals I think we need to uplift uh, in order to help uh, uh, everyone who uh, is asking for support at this time. I wanted to come back to one of the pieces of the bill too, which is the food assistance work. And we've heard from food shelves all across the state that this has been the time when they've seen the most demand in years uh, for their services and hunger in our state, particularly childhood hunger is going up. Um, and I wonder if, if you can touch a little bit on the importance of that provision and um, and some of the stories you might have heard in that, in that space. No, I, I've seen it uh, on uh, you know, many fronts. When you look at the families who are standing on the front lines asking for help because they don't have enough resources to put food at the table. You know, most of the children were going to school, the schools are closed. Uh, there are programs that run through the school system but they don't have access to transportation. Their only option is to find one-time only support so they can have that nutrition uh, to keep them going. So those families who were on the food programs in school, uh, those seniors who used to go to adult day programs so that they can get their food, uh, I have helped many of them connect with uh, 211, which is a program that we have really worked very well. If anybody is uh, in need of help, in Minneapolis, I've been referring them to 211 to make sure that they can call that number and ask for help. And that has shown the need is more than what we think of because there are so many individuals who are getting by with what they have. And when the resources started shrinking, when the access to those services were not available, the only place that they could turn to were the food shelves. Uh, not only the food shelves, but also in this program that we're creating, we're including the restaurants who have been impacted uh, by COVID-19 and the shutdowns to be able to provide the meals, cooked meals. Uh, you know, people can take advantage of that and they can partner with the state to ensure that they're also providing nutritious food to those who need. This is more about taking care of our 
community as a whole, not only for getting food to cook, but some of them who may not have access to cooking food, they can go to a place and get a cooked meal, uh, which will help them uh, get the nutrition, uh, which is healthy, which is also at the same time, the focus for us to make sure that no one uh, in Minnesota is left uh, with hunger. Well, thank you for all you're doing, you know, chairing, carrying bills, you know, making sure this message moves forward. So we're going to shift gears here as we wind down our first podcast of this season. So we ask every guest here for the, so this is totally, we're turning, we're turning away from all the very important stuff you just said to another important topic. What is one little known fact about Mahmoud Noor that you want our podcast listeners to know? Well, it's a good question. But before I answer that, I wanted to go back to the broadband. I think there are so many students who want us to include them. So I will say this. Uh, for the broadband uh, students who called us and they wanted access to broadband to continue learning, we included in, in this bill, uh, the students who are doing their homework in restaurants and many places. So this will help them. So one thing that individuals uh, who have uh, been asking if they want to know me better, so I'm kind of, uh, I've got a flexible arms that I can take my the arms around my body so that so that flexibility with my arms can help people see that I, I, can, I can be flexible when it comes to doing the work that I do, uh, because without flexibility, we cannot do this work. And I think because of our scheduling and the difficult times that we are in, I think we need to be more flexible in our lives. Well, answered the question and worked in some more facts and substance. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's the first on the Minnesota Values podcast, I think, <laughs> to go back to the content and then build your strength, your, your oddity into something very meaningful. So well done. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for, for being with us, Chair Mahmoud Noor. We really appreciated having you. Oh, th- thank you so much. I'm honored to be with you. Well, that'll do it for our first episode of our new season of the Minnesota Values Podcast. And we uh, really appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be coming back in the weeks ahead with some of the other top bills of the session and talking about our Minnesota values and the effort that we have all uh, been putting in at the Capitol to try to move forward on uh, what we're hearing from Minnesotans are their biggest needs. So please share the show with your friends, uh, retweet it, post it on Facebook, Uh, subscribe so that uh, we can get the word out about the good work we're doing in the Minnesota House. Thanks, everybody.